Our scripture passage today comes from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 17, verses 11 through 19. Listen for a word from God. On the way to Jerusalem, Jesus was going through the region between Samaria and Galilee. As he entered a village, ten people with a skin disease approached him. Keeping their distance, they called out, saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. When Jesus saw them, he said, Go and show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were made clean. Then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice. He prostrated himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him, and he was a Samaritan. Then Jesus asked, were not ten made clean? Where are the other nine? Did none of them return to give glory to God except this foreigner? Then Jesus said to him, get up and go on your way. Your faith has made you well. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. Gracious God, thank you for your word. I pray that you would open our ears and our eyes and our hearts and our minds to the message you have for us today. Amen. How many of you wear glasses or contacts? Show of hands. Oh, excellent. At least 50%. So you'll understand this feeling, depending on what age you got glasses. I did not start wearing glasses until uh, 2019, just a few years ago, actually. And uh, I'd always had really good eyesight, but I noticed things at a distance were a little harder for me. But, you know, it was a slow sort of deterioration, and I had nothing to compare it to, so it took a long time for me to do something about it. Uh, I had an optometrist, actually, in my congregation in Montana, and so finally I went to go see her one day, and I got to do that very fun, famous eye test where they put the cool glasses machine on you and they say, which looks better, number one or number two? Number one or number two? A million times. And we went through the whole exam and then at the end she said, okay, you know, I'm writing a prescription. It's not crazy strong, but um, it will help you with distances. And she showed me, this is what you see now. This is what you will see with your glasses. And I was like, what? People can see like this? This is amazing. And I remember getting the glasses and driving on the open Montana freeway and seeing an exit sign so far in the distance and being able to read it and thinking, oh, I don't have to make last minute veer off the freeway decisions anymore. I can see where I'm going. This is incredible. Seeing things clearly can be life-changing. I love this gospel story today, and it talks about seeing in a really cool way. It actually talks about sight three times. It uses the verb to see. In this story, we catch up with Jesus as he is on his way to Jerusalem. So much of Luke's gospel happens on this way to Jerusalem. And he's in this border area between Samaria and Galilee. And the first instance of seeing happens with 10 people who have various skin diseases. From afar, they see Jesus 
and they call out to him. So we know that in this time period, anyone that had any kind of unknown skin disease was given the label leper, and they were cast out of society. They had to leave their family, their work, they were not allowed to go worship in the temple, and they had to go on the outskirts of the villages and the towns. And in these places, in these outskirt areas, these folks would generally find community with one another and form their own kind of tribe. And so it makes a lot of sense that there would be a group of them, that there would be 10 in this sort of border area, and they would see Jesus and call out for help. Well, Jesus hears the cry of the 10, and then the text says, he turned and saw them. Second instance of seeing. After Jesus sees the 10, he tells them to go to show themselves to the priest, and they're made well. Showing themselves to the priest would have been the way that they would have been able to re-enter society after they proved that they had been made clean. And so as they're doing what Jesus asks, we see the third instance of sight, and one of the people that is healed looks and sees that he has been made clean and turns around. He praises God, kneels at the feet of Jesus, and gives thanks. Then the story gives us a little twist. We find out that the one that returns to give thanks is a Samaritan, one from the wrong side of the border. And we've had some previews of Samaritans before. The, the story, the parable that Jesus tells of the good Samaritan. In fact, last week, Pastor Garrett talked about some of the history of why the tensions had arisen between the Jewish Israelites and the Samaritans as the temple was being rebuilt. But we see Jesus saying again and again in this world that we can't make assumptions or judge people because they come from the other side of whatever kind of border we've made in our minds or in our government. Jesus asks, where are the other nine that were healed? They have not come back to give thanks. And then he blesses the Samaritan man with a new kind of blessing. He says, get up and go, your faith has made you well. Now he's already been healed, he's already been made clean, and so this is a separate kind of second blessing that actually means something more like, you are more complete. He's been healed, he has been cleaned, but somehow in the expression of gratitude, now Jesus says, you have been made whole. And he goes along his way. Three instances of seeing. The ten seeing Jesus, Jesus seeing them, and the Samaritan seeing that he has been made clean. This kind of sight in this story is about much more than just physical sight with eyes. The word see here means to see with the eyes, but also to see with the mind, to know to experience, to care for. What a beautiful definition of sight, to know, to experience, to care for. We all know what it's like 
to see things, but to not really take them in. Have you ever stared at the inside uh, door of your refrigerator for like 30 minutes looking for something that turns out to be right in front of your nose? Have you ever had a spouse that has to point out where it is? (laughs) Have you ever been in a really intense conversation with someone and realized you never looked in their eyeballs? Have you ever been outside and had someone say, wow, what a beautiful sunset? And it's like you wake up to it for the first time, even though you were right there too? Deep sight, the kind of sight that involves our minds, that involves knowing and experiencing and caring is about much more than just visually taking something in. It's an extraordinary kind of sight. The movie Avatar tells a story about a group of people called the Na'vi living on a planet, Pandora. And the Na'vi have this saying that is tradition in their culture that when they greet someone, they use this phrase. They say, I see you. They don't say, hi, how are you? They say, I see you. How beautiful is that? Can you imagine walking along the river walk down here and passing someone and saying, I see you? It's powerful. They use another version of this phrase in the movie also for an expression of deep love. When they are connecting with another soul so intentionally, they say, I see you. And it's like a spiritual kind of seeing. It's, it's something a little more like, I comprehend you, I understand you, and I want to be with you. I see you. We all long to be seen, not just physically seen, but to be really seen and understood. And instead, we are in the midst of what has been called an epidemic of loneliness by the United States Surgeon General. And did you know that that uh, diagnosis, the epidemic of loneliness, was given to the United States before the pandemic even started? Think about how much worse it is now. An epidemic of loneliness. More than one in five Americans say that they are always or often lonely. A New York Times article last spring talked about the physical health implications of being lonely. It impacts not just our emotional state, but our heart and our brain and our bodies in more ways than we would like to imagine. We humans are biologically wired to be in relationship. Our survival depends on it, but without meaningful connections, our brains begin to see people as threats, and we isolate ourselves, and then we have emotional and physical ailments because of it. I was talking with someone recently here at Fort Street about loneliness, and he was sharing with me that he has been without a home for a year and a half, and he's been couch surfing with some friends and also sometimes sleeping on the streets. 
And he said, moving around and carrying all my things with me is really hard, but the worst part is that I feel invisible. I feel invisible all of a sudden. No one looks into my eyes when they pass me. No one says hello. He said, I even long for small talk. I just want someone to talk about the weather, anything. We need deep sight to live. We need to both receive it and to give it. The kind of seeing that we read about in the gospel story reveals a deep kind of understanding sight. And one of the things I notice is that in all three of the instances of sight, it leads to action. First, these ten see Jesus from a distance. But we have this really fascinating clue that they are seeing and understanding more than just a person walking in the distance. And this clue comes because of what they call Jesus. They say, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And that title, Master, is really telling because it's a kind of title that indicates a sort of lordship or power. It's something that you would call not just any passerby that might help you, but someone who you know has a deep kind of authority. The word master is uh, understandably problematic for us. We think of uh, slaves and owners, and it can be really sort of troubling title sometimes when we think about Jesus. But ultimately, what this word actually would have meant to these people is a teacher with authority. Not someone with power, but someone whose actions and words indicate a deep kind of truth. And this time of calling Jesus a master, this is the only time Jesus is given that title by someone other than a close, intimate disciple. The only time Jesus is called master by someone other than the twelve are these people with leprosy. They see him physically, but they understand something about him. And it leads them to cry out and to ask for mercy. Then Jesus turns and he sees them back. Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem, the place where important things happen, where important people go. And he could have very easily continued on his way or even, at best, turned and sort of blessed them from afar. We've seen before in Gospels Jesus healing people that he is not even physically close to. But instead, Jesus stops and turns and sees them. Not just sees where the noise is coming from, but sees the people attached and their plight, and he understands them. And it leads to an action. Then after Jesus tells the ten to go on their way, the last instance of seeing happens when the Samaritan man sees that he has been made well. He's on his way to the priest, and he stops and he turns around to give praise and to thank Jesus. We don't know how far he had gone. It might have just been a couple of steps. 
It might have been a couple of miles, but he turned around and went the opposite direction, the opposite direction to a life that he had surely been longing and waiting for to return to his community. And he went the other way to give thanks. I am sure that the other nine saw their healing with their eyes. I'm sure that they felt gratitude as well. But the one, this Samaritan man, allowed himself to see with his mind and with his heart, and it led him to an action of praise and thanksgiving. Deep sight happens in this story. And that's the space where the miracles happen. In that space between physical sight and spiritual seeing, the amazing actions of gratitude and healing and worship come up. To really see others means you're open to both joy and to pain. To be seen means you're willing to be vulnerable. It's actually really hard, messy work to see and to be seen, and that's why I think only one returns. It's a calling for us as a church to deeply see and be seen one another and the world around us. To be the kind of community where we don't turn away, but we turn towards one another. We give eye contact during hard conversations. When it's hard, we still look. We notice. I hope that you've had a glimpse of that kind of community here. I hope you're willing to stick around to look for it here. Deep sight with or without our eyeballs is contagious. Gratitude is contagious. Garrett gives a benediction that starts with these amazingly powerful words. He says, may you know that God sees you not just notices you, not just takes in your stance physically, but God understands, cares for, embraces, comprehends you. Let's sit with that knowledge and let it spur us on to see others and to do something about it in gratitude. Would you pray with me? God of sight, thank you for seeing us. Thank you for sight that goes far beyond anything our eyes take in and has to do more with our hearts and our minds. Allow us to be aware of things that we had never noticed that you might draw our attention to. We pray in the name of Jesus. Amen.